Hi, I'm Paul Miller and this is Digital Workplace Impact where we investigate and explore the ideas, practices and people that are impacting the new digital worlds where we all work. Digital Workplace Impact is produced by the Digital Workplace Group, a strategic partner and boutique consultancy covering all aspects of the evolving digital workplace industry through membership, benchmarking and boutique consulting services. And if you'd like more information, visit digitalworkplacegroup.com. Welcome. So I thought it might be nice to wrap up the year by doing a, a kind of end of year highlights, things that have stood out for me from hosting the Digital Workplace Impact in 2019. It's a couple of weeks before the end of the year, before the holiday season. And this episode's designed to tie a little bow on the year and just kind of act as a kind of collection of my thoughts and musings around hosting the podcast this year. So things began with a really uh, interesting conversation with Dennis Agusi from Philips. They're based in, in Holland. And, and it was a kind of intranet-focused podcast. It was about his role in what he's been doing at, at Philips. And, and I really enjoyed it, partly because we were sitting right next to the Ajax football soccer stadium uh, in Amsterdam. We'd just come out of a member meeting and he's been at Phillips for quite a while and has kept on solidly making a mark there. Um, and even though the kind of podcast varies in content, that's one of the things that has really struck me looking back on 2019 is just, you know, the kind of variety of the content that's come up. Um, and, but, you know, I think it's important to kind of do the, if you like, the nuts and bolts of the digital workplace. And I think the Philips Intranet episode 37 um, does that. Um, a kind of standout, definitely a highlight for me was talking to Paul Doherty. Paul is the uh, senior uh, chief technology officer at Accenture and is a kind of, I'll call him like an Accenture visionary. He has written a book, co-authored a book called Human and Machine, which made a really big impact reimagining work in the age of artificial intelligence. Um, I really like this because I think Paul and I just particularly got on really well. Maybe I caught him on a good day. Maybe he caught me on a good day. It's always possible. Maybe we both just like the fact that we're both called Paul. But it was, I think, a a kind of meeting of minds. One of my hopes and beliefs is that actually the dystopia that we fear around technology replacing human beings is actually not coming to fruition at all. We were told that in 2019, we'd all be sitting around either as a useless class, like Yuval Noah Harari would tell us, or or as a kind of leisure class. How's that going? But actually, what we're actually discovering is that we've got this nuanced relationship with technology. And and I think that's a really um, encouraging thing. And I think Paul's 
book and the conversation around that really brings to uh, the fore um, that uh, that reality. Um, who would have thought it? Because we've been told that we wouldn't have any role at all. Turns out human beings still really quite useful. The Nationwide podcast, which was episode 39, am I going through everyone in order and thinking each one's got highlights? Not sure, um, but let's see how it goes. The point is, that I suppose for me, they all do have highlights. Anyway, the Nationwide one's really nice because I've known Nationwide for quite a few years. They're a UK financial services company and they are they are steady and they are thorough. So the podcast was from caterpillar to butterfly. It's about the metamorphosis and the evolution. And I think that's really your kind of ideal story. You you move through different phases and you keep reiterating, you're still somehow you, that the DNA of you nationwide, whoever is still pretty much the same, but things have changed. So that was a good, good one. Douglas Pamplin from BNY Mellon, um, episode 40, Why Small is Beautiful. Now, anybody who hasn't met Douglas Pamplin, you've not quite lived. He's a phenomenal character, phenomenal human being. I kind of want all of his energy kind of pumped into my body on a daily basis because Douglas is 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 quite a, is quite a phenomenon. I had a a chance to talk to Douglas at uh, Digital Workplace Experience, which is the uh, event conference that DWG's been heavily involved in for the last few years, and will be um, uh, featured at in Chicago in June 2020. And and it was really about. I mean, Douglas is a kind of nuts and bolts help desk technology infrastructure and what's really great about the way douglas think he thinks things through he's a complete finisher um and you know what's amazing about the story there is 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 the way that he focuses on the kind of as it says in the title the small stuff now one of the things that i really like to do on the podcast and i'm not sure if i do it because i think it's just kind of a really good idea or because i get bored easily or because somehow i'm just sort of meeting a kind of diverse range of people but i like to if you like stretch the format i don't want to host a i'll call it kind of core traditional digital workplace impact podcast on its own what i want to do is I suppose stretch my own thinking and and hopefully bring new ideas to a, a growing audience around the world. So episode forty one was what universities can teach the digital workplace organisations about how to work, and it's based on the conversation with Professor Ross Parry, who is a deputy pro vice chancellor for digital at the university of leicester the university of leicester's a hungry um university it's not a top tier university but they do phenomenal work i always like organizations that aren't number one 
um, that actually have got that appetite. They avoid complacency and they want to kind of keep moving forward. And on it was also L Vargas, who's a digital fellow there. And we were talking about this concept that they have of the digital campus, which is far more than just, uh, you know, putting all your technology putting all your education online and doing distance learning their idea is how do we give people a digital experience of connection while they're on this beautiful physically integrated uh, campus in leicester how do you amplify the collective knowledge learning of the organization and i think that's that's a kind of vision of what organizations could be on a sort of Douglas Pampling good day, you know, where they're having like, could you imagine if as global legal firm, global management consulting firm, global pharmaceutical firm, you collectively tapped into the knowledge that you have in your organization in real time, every moment, wouldn't that be fantastic? Unlikely to happen. But there you go. Still a good one. Um, so the next one um, was a, a episode 42. Again, something really quite different. Mark Bramoulet is the director of knowledge management services at Ubisoft. Ubisoft are incredible. Mm. Um, they make really extraordinary games. Um and they are uh, based in Paris, based in Montreal. They have extraordinary things like a centre in Newcastle in England that just deals with water. So anybody who's making a game that involves water, those are your guys. And what they have are these sort of centres of excellence. Some people dealing with air. It's kind of like a really fascinating way of curating things. And... I interviewed Mark because quite with a lot of justification, Mark was voted the digital workplace leader of the year for 2019. I think that what I really liked talking to Mark and what I like about what they're doing at Ubisoft is that they they really are advancing their digital workplace, but they're advancing it in a very Ubisoftish sort of way. It looks unmistakably Ubisoft. And I think it was really great to hear how he's done it. I think there's a kind of theme of of, of passionate experts in this in, in in digital workplace impact this year. Maybe because the people who get chosen have got to be passionate or why would you want them to come on? Um maybe because that's how they are. I, I actually think there's a real correlation between digital workplace transformation, digital workplace success and, and passion. The next episode was interesting because it was a live recording in front of a studio audience. And this was done at DWX in Chicago. It's episode 43 inside Adobe and GE, Natural Worlds of Work. And I spoke to two people from uh, GE and uh, also from Adobe, which was really, uh, really terrific. And it was a real pleasure to do this. I kind of feel like 
I'm going to say this wasn't as successful, not because the guests weren't great, um, but I think it was probably an episode where I actually was, I don't know, kind of uh, touting an idea that increasingly I've grown to gain more confidence in. And that is this idea that we're moving into what uh, what we're calling in DWG the nature of work. And myself and Shimrit James, who is the director of knowledge at DWG, she and I are writing a book that's coming out uh, next year in 2020 called Nature of Work. And it's really about the idea of moving from the machine to a living system, from organization to organism, from a, an old story of the industrial model to a living organization, living organism, sense of the organization. And what would happen if you thought of your organization, experienced your organization as a living ecology, its own ecology? Um, that idea has really been taking off um, this year and bringing new language to things. Uh, my kind of concern with this particular episode was that I feel like I was kind of saying, hey, guys, this is what's happening. How's it happening inside Adobe and GE? And, you know, uh, my guests were doing a fantastic job of of trying to sort of support me in that question. And we did have some a really um, strong conversation. But the point is, uh, they were more there, I think, as really interesting um, commentators on this idea. Um, looking actually at this kind of period of maybe it was the summer months or whatever, uh, maybe it was what's kind of going on in my head. It's like looking, it's like a bit like kind of therapy, looking at what you were thinking about, what I was thinking about during the year. Because the next episode, okay, this was definitely the most out there episode of the year. It's episode 44, how a new decentralized web will change the world of work. By the way, even the wacky episodes get just as much listens as the non-wacky episodes. So thank you to the D Digital Workplace Impact audience, because you guys... You're not like one dimensional. You you like a variety of content. And, and I really appreciate the feedback that I get um, online and the times when I meet up with people and see them. And, and just the kind of enthusiasm that I hear for what I'm trying to do with Digital Workplace Impact, which is to get behind the ideas, people and practices who are impacting the digital worlds where we work. But this was with Hendy, Wendy Hanamura. Wendy leads something called the D-Web Movement. I spoke to her because she was in a field just down the coast from San Francisco waiting for a few thousand mainly kind of techies but anthropologists and 2019 post-tech hippies and philosophers to come together because what D-Web is involved with is envisaging and creating a new decentralized web, open, private, secure and fun. It's almost like recovering the vision of the web that got lost when it all got sunk under 
advertising and kind of consumerism. God, it's been dull, hasn't it? You know, I remember in the early 90s where you kind of got online and you connected with people. And Tim Berners-Lee did this incredible talk this this year uh, on the BBC where he said, don't worry, we haven't lost the vision of the web that was there. It's just gone through a kind of period of of kind of somewhat decline. Actually, there's as much extraordinary stuff happening online. I mean, none of the, this podcast wouldn't be happening. Not that this is that extraordinary, but this podcast wouldn't be happening if it wasn't for the web. And, and Tim Berners-Lee says we can get it back. But my God, you know, he got dragged down by 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 kind of advertising and clickbait and and and. You know, I think the thing that's made it really, really toxic is the fact that the commercial model around a whole area of the web's become about grabbing our attention. And and let's face it, there's only 24 hours in a day. And ideally, you want to sleep eight hours of, the, of that day. So why on earth? Would you want to be glued to whatever technology? I don't want to be, I don't want somebody to be kind of trying to suck the quantity of my time. What it's about is the quality of experience. And wouldn't it be wonderful if it wasn't being driven by uh, attention suck? And so this is a kind of vision of what the web could be again. Commonly owned just like some things in the web are owned or commonly owned, like GPS and email um, and things like that, you know, they're kind of you don't have to pay somebody every time you 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 know you you use. Oh, I'm probably going to get myself into things that and somebody will say, oh no, yes you do. It just comes out like that. But anyway, the point is the whole areas of 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 the web that are part of the creative commons, and I think that vision is is part of it. God, I feel like I kind of went on a little bit of a rant there. God, that's the kind of thing when I haven't got a kind of guess to sort of what kind of shut me up. Anyway, this is going to be as good as it gets for the rest of the year because we're going to have a break until January, Jan- January until January when we when we come back and wow, twenty twenty is going to be an extraordinary year. I'll finish with a few thoughts about twenty twenty at the end of this. Um, Episode 45, American Express. I mean, it, it, said, it says it's in a class of its own. It really is in a class of its own. Um, not only did they win, win the Digital Workplace of the Year Award as an organization, Mark Bramolet won it as an individual. They, they won it um, uh, because they just do things really well, very thorough. You know, they really are committed to this idea of experience. It's, 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 and I love this idea. It's what, what, if that's your thing externally, then you really need to make sure that's what's happening internally as well. Because it just makes a lot of business sense. I mean, Charles Schwab are developing the inclusive, the accessible workplace internally as a financial retailer in the US. And they're doing it because they're trying to provide that for their customers. And they're saying, well, if we're going to provide it for our customers, what about if we, you know, drink from the same um, font as well? Does that kind of mix metaphor there? Drink from the same glass as well. Anyway, so it was great. I had Gary Kenzie, Vice President of Technology, revered figure inside American Express. 
wonderful man. It's kind of I, I kind of meet people like this. They they rise to a position of significance, and they seem to. It's like nothing ever phases them. They seem to be able. I think that's why organisations throw real complex. Uh, challenges at them, you know, things where people don't work, and they kind of rise above. They're like they're like colonels or or kind of generals in the army, and they can look across the whole terrain and and really not get phased. I feel like they don't get too high or too low, and that's really important because, as we all know, in the world of digital workplace, patience and persistence is the thing that will get you to where you want to go. So keep that in mind. Episode 46. This was a, a great, a great episode. And and I, I really in, I enjoyed it because it was a bit different. How to write a digital workplace strategy. So I'm going to say this episode was really useful. Not because the other episodes aren't useful, but it really was useful. And it's inspired by the International Monetary Fund. Really like the International Monetary Fund. Did a, a talk there in September called Working Between Stories to a whole bunch of people, nothing to do with technology, as well as people involved with technology. It's really saying we're in a time of transition from one story to another and things are being remade in that. What I like about what the IMF have done is that uh, Nisreen Farhan, who leads the digital workplace kind of program at, at the IMF, a former economist, another wonderful human being, drew out a map and she just kind of uh, is kind of how her mind works. And that was what informed their journey and their strategy uh, at the IMF. So I think that was um, a really good thing to and, and a really great episode. Something a little bit different in episode 47 recorded this one. I remember meeting in New York at WeWork in Soho and I sat down with Chase Moore. And Jess Woods, uh, both from EY, Ernst & Young. And it's how EY engages the most connected young workers. I think what's really interesting is that they haven't said, oh, yeah, we've got a bunch of younger people working for the organization. Let's just give them some tech. They've actually dug into what these digital natives, and of course, they're not one clump. They're constantly evolving and people joining EY now are coming in with a different, different experience of technology than people who have even joined five years before. And so they dig into product design, tailored search experiences, uh, a really unexpected chat bot and Chase and Jess work really well. And I think like quite a few really good digital workplace teams, Chase is somewhere on the east coast of the US and Jess is, is based in Los Angeles and I don't get the impression they meet that often but they just work really really well together. I know quite a few people in organizations like this and they're often like kind of there are uh, you know interesting little pairing one of them's maybe a little bit more techy the other one's maybe a bit more communication uh, one of them's a bit more ux one of them's a kind of whole systems thinker it you know really kind of it can vary i was really glad that i got episode 48 recorded wanted to do it a little bit earlier in the year but it's hard to get diaries uh, and it's it's one of the things i'm 
passionate about. One of the things I really believe in is is making sure that if you're connecting people inside the organization, connect everybody. Um, it's kind of seared in my mind the experience I had at a large oil and gas company quite a few years ago where they were rolling out a new intranet and it was basically they basically said well we'll do it for half the organization who are in offices and kind of you know got decent kit and probably get paid more than everybody else and and the other people well we don't really care about them and i suppose they were being honest but i think that's that there should not be a digital divide of any any sort inside your organization in fact if you're going to connect people connect the people in the trucks out on the front line connect the people who are doing the work in retail environments make sure they're more connected than everybody else and this one is driving stagecoach to the mobile front line they're one of the largest bus operators in the uk they employ twenty-five thousand people and what i like about this is they've developed their own app um, actually, no, they didn't develop it. They found an app that was perfectly suited for to the drivers and the people in the depots and really gives people what they need. By the way, they don't use the, the they don't use it while they're driving. They're not allowed to. It's illegal. They use it when they stop and when they're coming into into work in the morning, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it's really powerful. Um, and um Ricky Sicklemore, who's the man behind this, he talks about how, he, you know, you'd go into a depot in Liverpool and four weeks before it's rolled out, they're kind of moaning about what they're not knowing and what they don't know. And, how they, and four weeks later, they're like, this is incredible. You can't believe, Ricky, how you have transformed our life. And it's a really exciting part of the work. You know, you actually can make a difference to what people do. Um, this is a neat little segue, God. Um, and that couldn't be more true of Walmart, which was episode 49. Walmart inside probably the world's largest intranet. It's got to be, hasn't it? There's probably an internet in China that I'm completely unaware of that has got a lot more people than this. If anybody knows about it, please tell me who they are. We'll get them on the podcast in 2020. In the meantime, Walmart have got 2.3 million employees. Yes, you heard that right. 2.3 million employees. There's quite a few countries with less numbers of people living there than Walmart have got employees. And Steve Wilson, he's a bit like um, Gary Kenzie from American Express. He's one of these individuals who kind of sits at, atop Walmart and kind of deals with the astonishing complexity of what they're doing. He's another person who actually completely loves the people inside Walmart, the communities, the local communities, it really made me realize, you know, the people working inside these organizations, 
It's kind of shouldn't come as a surprise, really. They're just like extraordinary human beings. You know, if you're doing stuff at some store in that neighborhood, they'll be involved in children's kind of charities and helping homeless people. I mean, I'm not going to make them sound like they're all Mother Teresa, but there is a level of social community give back that people inside the organizations really participate and Walmart's one of them. What struck me listening to Steve was that he talked about this whole idea of leverage. I love leverage as a as a as a thing, and uh, you know leverage. I, he says we make a small change to the way we do something. It could be. I think he mentioned something like there's a machine selling um, coke at the front of the store. Um, when it's not being used, you could have it where the lights kind of go off. So that saves electricity. And that kind of came up. And they, so he was saying that, you know, once we make a change like that, it, it goes right across the whole organization and has a beneficial impact for years and decades to come. So this idea of leverage and organizations as leverage and as levers um, really changing um, things. It's the power to affect large norm numbers of people and obviously if you're affecting not only the the employee base of the organization you can also be affecting all the people all the customers as well this wasn't why it was this wasn't like some cunning plan i had but episode 50 and it was great that we got to episode 50 is a podcast with an individual at nationwide and it's a podcast about how to launch a corporate podcast so this is if you like my most kind of postmodern podcast in that it's a podcast about pod podcasting i think every organization should have its own podcast because organizations spend quite a lot of time and money on videos i'm not saying that's a bad thing that's a good thing but podcasting's a lot cheaper it's a lot easier and guess what people can just listen to it wherever they want so if you're running a digital workplace inside the organization you've got a role involved in it you know somebody who've done it um or whatever or maybe your mum does it or or maybe your sister does it maybe you just listen to this podcast because you enjoy it for some strange reason but um it's it, it's a great thing to have a podcast in your organization it will prove to be a fantastic channel um 2020 i think 2020 is going to be a really significant year do i always think that not really i think 2019 was a bit of a sort of transition year i think 2020 is is a year that's going to really shape the next decade I've got a, a, a knowledge exchange coming up later today with my predictions for Digital Workplace 2020. And if you go on to the digitalworkplacegroup.com website, you can also read the predictions. They're all up there. And um, you can or you can type in my 10 digital workplace predictions for 2020 or my name into google and you'll 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 see that but i think it's going to be a really significant year on a whole number of different levels but i think 
My super prediction for 2020 is around organizations restructuring themselves in order to be able to fully utilize the digital opportunities that are available. I've got this kind of beef about the fact that organizations take really innovative kind of technology and pour it into old structures. It's it's kind of like, what's it kind of like? I don't know what it's kind of like, but it's basically saying, you know, we've got the same bucket, we'll just put different content in there. Actually, sometimes what you need is to completely reimagine and restructure your organization as ING, the Dutch bank, are doing, as we've seen now happening at KPMG. It can be happening because you're doing really well as an organization. You want to stay fresh like Autodesk, and you can it can be doing it because, frankly, if we don't change, we don't know where we're going to be. I think it's going to be a decade climate crisis and climate change will come into the digital workplace in a serious and important way. And my prediction number six is that environmental ambitions start to affect how and where work happens. Air travel declines slightly and virtual meetings with video continue their steady rise in usage. So it's really kind of putting together these 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 kind of different pulls and pushes inside organizations. I think that uh, the next four or five years are going to be kind of really defining years, not just for the digital workplace, but for all of us. I think we all kind of know that. And I suppose in my kind of view of these things is that I think we've we've sort of got a good handle on on the dystopian narrative, you know, going to Helena Hancart. We sort of get it. And and that I think in a way, it's probably a bit like this whole humans and machine things. Um, the dystopia is the kind of easy narrative. I think organizations are going to find themselves moving into this living system uh, sense in the next decade and this idea of moving from machine to living system and actually you know what the future is not a defined thing it's it's in our remit we're moving from an old story to a new story once you start to think of yourself as an ecology think of yourself more like a forest as a living system then start to think about the health of that system and remember you know organizations like walmart 2.3 million employees you know, organizations probably employ, I don't know, even large organizations might employ a billion people. They probably serve five billion interactions with kind of most of the people on the planet. You know, these are change agents if they want to be change agents. Um, there is a kind of view on that, isn't there? That they're, they're kind of changes of culture. Anyway, don't know how I got into that, but I'm, I feel... I feel like there's opportunity for us in 2020 and in the coming decade if we each personally, professionally and probably most importantly, collectively um, start to realise that. So that's my wrap up of the year. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you don't think, oh, it's OK, but it would have been nice to have a couple of guests on. I could always do that again. And I will connect with everybody in January. And in the meantime, 
enjoy your holidays, your celebrations, in whatever way you do. And if you like not celebrating, enjoy that. Thank you. Digital Workplace Impact is produced by the Digital Workplace Group, a strategic partner and boutique consultancy supporting more than 100 leading businesses and public institutions to advance their intranets and broader digital workplaces through benchmarking, research and practitioner expertise. For more information, visit digitalworkplacegroup.com. And if you'd like to listen to previous episodes of the show, go to digitalworkplacegroup.com forward slash DWG underscore podcast. This is Paul Miller wishing you well until next time.